Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Buckle up, strap yourself in, and get ready. Welcome to the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I don't look at this as profiting. This is not a time for profit or for gaining or for uh, thinking, oh, I did it or I hit the jackpot or whatever. This is, this is, I think, a time for remembering. It's a time of reconciliation. The Charter of Rights and Freedoms protects all Canadians, every one of us, even when it is uncomfortable. Well, there's the Prime Minister, and before the Prime Minister, the recipient of some $10.5 million, courtesy of the Canadian taxpayers, a.k.a. Omar Khadr. Emails were just overwhelming in number to Roy at RoyGreenshow.com overnight, just poured in. And with the exception of one, which accused me of being unfair, with the exception of that one, everyone was on the same page. Absolute disgust with the rapidity with which Cotter was paid the $10.5 million. Disgust with the fact that he was paid $10.5 million at all. And challenging Mr. Trudeau on the assumption that, because it sounded this way, that Cotter somehow, because of the charter, was deserving of $10.5 million. Fact is, the federal government should have challenged Mr. Cotter in court. He's the one who sued Canada, so... Should have gone to court and seen what the court decided. $10.5 million is a lot of money. And, uh, by the way, yesterday when, when I spoke with Lane Morris, the uh, sergeant who lost an eye in that July 2002 firefight with uh, Al-Qaeda and Taliban members, and Omar Khadr was there through the grenade which killed Christopher Spear, the American army medic, and caused Lane Morris his eye, I posted the interview with Lane Morris uh, on Twitter, the link. I posted the link on Twitter at The Roy Green Show earlier today. Many people asking about that in email. You can tweet me at uh, at The Roy Green Show, and I will uh, be reading some tweets as we go through the day. A lot coming up. I just want to tell you quickly, the the story of Charlie Gard has the world talking, the entire world talking about this 11-month-old baby in uh, the U.K. who suffers from uh, mitochondrial DNA depletion syndrome, and the doctors at his hospital in the UK want to disconnect the life support systems. The British Supreme Court has agreed, as has the European Court of Human Rights. But the Pope and Donald Trump have intervened, and they've offered help, medical help, for little Charlie Gard. Dr. Arthur Kaplan will join us, the founding head of the Division of Bioethics at New York University's Langone Medical Center. And uh, he wrote a column in The Hill... Charlie Gard would likely die soon. Let's learn from the battle. 
We'll get your thoughts on that. And uh, we talked yesterday with Dr. Owen Williamson from British Columbia, who heads the Pain Physicians Society in BC, about opioids and about pain management for people who suffer from chronic pain, more like chronic agony than, than chronic pain. Sounds so um, so calm almost, chronic pain. It's chronic agony. Well, uh, I'm going to later on today be talking to the wife and daughter of a 53-year-old man in the United States who committed suicide last October because of the manner in which he was mistreated by the medical system when it comes to pain meds. It's not all that different in this country. Now, Omar Cotter, let me just read you, before I introduce you to my guest, let me just read you one email, so many. Uh, This is from Angela. As the spouse of a retired military member, I'm truly ashamed of our current government. Mr. Cotter was not a child soldier. He was just as dangerous as any individual over the age of 18. Mr. Trudeau is being disingenuous when he states that the settlement had nothing to do with what he was charged with. If, in fact, the charter applies to everyone, where was his government when the two men in Indonesia were beheaded? Where is he when it comes to children who are kidnapped by spouses and offer no assistance in getting those children back to the person who has legal custody? You know, we've talked about both of those situations are about to talk about the Indonesian one in a moment. And uh, the letter from Angela, the email from Angela continues, it seems to me, Roy, that Mr. Trudeau picks and chooses the situations that will benefit him in the immigrant community. I call him Mr. because while I have respect for the office of the PM, I have absolutely no respect for him. And that's from Angela. Now, yesterday I read you an email that came from someone who didn't want to be identified by name. But uh, she identified herself as a cousin of um, one of our fellow Canadians who was murdered. I wish I could start with something a little more gentle or amusing or different, but I can't because this is the news story and this is the one that matters to people. Robert Hall and John Ridsdale, two Canadians who were kidnapped and murdered and beheaded by an Islamist organization called Abu Sayyaf that is associated with ISIS. Well, Mr. Trudeau was fully aware of what was going on, and there was opportunity for the Canadian government to uh, allow intervention. But the word is that um, Mr. Trudeau said no. Now, the government says that never happened. But we've uh, talked to a number of people on the air who've said, yes, the Philippine uh, government was ready to go with their military. We've also heard that uh, JTF-2, Joint Task Force 2, was in the area and ready to intercede, as were the Americans. Now, this email from um, from this, I I mean, I I have so much difficulty reading what happened? Because we're talking about Canadians, we're talking about a Canadian government, we're talking about a prime minister who had opportunities and chose not to exercise them. Um, she wrote in part, my heart broke last June when at four in the morning his brother broke his forced silence and we knew Bobby, Bobby's head had been found in a bag. We received no help from our government, none. Sadly, if a Canadian now is in danger in another country, they are on their own, their families are on their own, not a cent spent to help them. We did not expect a ransom that would have put every traveling Canadian in danger from these barbarians, but we had no help. No effort was made to rescue them, even though we knew the Philippine government was ready to help us rescue them. 
I've talked to other families who've come out of the woodwork to share with us. They've been treated the same way. We had no counselor support from our Foreign Service Department. We were on our own. We dealt with this and have continued on thinking this is the way it is in Canada now for our ordinary, everyday citizens. I'm Canadian. I love my country. My heart is so sad today that this is uh, given to Omar Khadr. Good Canadians are tossed to the wolves. Opens those wounds again. I was in the car going shopping, listening to your show, and I had to turn around and go home and cry because I'm so sad. And the way it began was last spring, my cousin Bobby was beheaded by Abu Sayyaf in the Philippines. He and John Ridsdale, Tess, Bobby's fiance, and the owner of the marina were kidnapped. After nine months of torture and deprivation, Bobby Robert Hall was beheaded by the laughing, joking terrorists that held him captive. John was beheaded also in April before Bobby. Tess was freed two weeks after they made her watch Bobby being beheaded, and the marina owner was freed several weeks after that. For nine months, we were not allowed to say anything to anyone, not even our eight children, because we were told if anything got onto social media, it would be dangerous for Bobby, so we silently prayed and did all we could for him quietly. Gord Bibby is... um, the cousin of Robert Hall, and Bernice Thomas is Robert Hall's sister. I've talked to them before, and they joined me again on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Uh, Bernice, I, 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 you know, I'm sorry that you constantly have to confront. Seems that you constantly have to confront what, uh, what, 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 what's going on. And in this case, it's Cotter, and uh, and and like other family members who've who've suffered loss in this country. You step forward because you want to help other people, and that's why you had the petition. And I, I wish we had better circumstances under which to speak, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad to talk to you again. It's nice to talk with you again, Roy, and I, I just have to say I'm so appreciative that, that you're allowing us to keep this injustice towards my brother and John Ridsdale in the forefront of Canadians' minds and, and keep the pressure on the government about what happened and why they didn't attempt to rescue. We all need to do this. We all have to remember because the next Canadian family could be anybody. Indeed. Indeed. Hi, Gord. Hi, Roy. Nice, nice to hear you on the West Coast, sir. Well, it's good to be back on CKNW in Vancouver, and we started uh, back yesterday, and uh, yeah, I'm gone for a few years, but certainly looking forward to hearing from our Vancouver and Lower Mainland listeners. And the email is Roy at Roy Green Show and at the Roy Green Show on Twitter. Gord, uh, a quick word, a quick thought from you on Carter receiving $10.5 million from a prime minister. And you just heard the, the, the voice track of the, the clip of the prime minister saying everybody, every Canadian is protected by the charter. Well, of course they're not in the case of uh, my cousin Bob and, uh, and John. Uh, I, I, I'm outraged. That's that's the only uh, word that comes to mind. Uh, Cotter is being portrayed as uh, as a victim, and of course it's uh, it's typical that they would deflect, uh, the, you know, the, his uh, his activities over uh, during the war, uh, and and saying it's a it's a matter of human rights. Uh, you know, Bob and John's rights were were never uh, never defended while they were being held prisoner. And uh, and and Cotter, I mean, there's there's uh, it's documented that he was making IEDs designed to kill soldiers, and some of those could have been Canadian soldiers, 
and it really doesn't matter if you're killed by a nine-year-old or a 29-year-old. You're you're still dead, and I'm sure the the families of of those victims, uh, their grief was not diminished by the fact that uh, the perpetrator was was a child. Uh, so uh, I really have to agree with Angela's email that you read earlier. I think uh, Mr. Trudeau seems to pick and choose uh, his uh, his as as deals. Yeah, let me take a quick break and when we come back, we'll um, I'll ask Bernice what those nine months were like that your, uh, that your family member uh, emailed about yesterday. The, the, the months that you weren't allowed to say anything and uh, the government put pressure on you to be silent. We'll come back on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Think you can swim with the sharks? Talk with Mr. Great White himself, Roy Green. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. This is not about the details or merits of the Cotter case. When the government violates any Canadian's charter rights, we all end up paying for it. I, I, listen to what he said. When the government violates any Canadian's charter rights, we all end up paying for it. That doesn't sound like a 100% endorsement of the charter. Bernice Thomas is with me, uh, sister to Robert Hall, Gord Bibby, Robert Hall's cousin. Uh, Bernice, in those nine months that your family member emailed about yesterday, when your family was instructed to be quiet, to be silent, not to, not to do anything, uh, where did the instructions come from? What were they? I mean, what, what communication did you, did you in fact have with our federal government? The uh, communication to keep quiet... I have to say, to this day, we are still being kept in the dark. So communications that we were getting from the government came from acronym-laden departments. Uh, so any information never came from the same place twice. Uh, and it, it was just constantly um, keep quiet because you will be responsible for endangering Robert's life. Um, we um, played the game, and we kept quiet because we, of course, were concerned about Robert's well-being. But I have to say, Robert's dead. This is after the fact now. I don't understand why the government still continues to keep us in the dark. There's no reason for secrecy anymore. I need to know why the government did not attempt to rescue. I want the logic and reasoning behind that. And I want to know um, why we were kept in the dark and why we're continuously kept in the dark. No sharing of information at all. And in the, in the years since your brother's death, um, no contact and, and no explanation about what they did, why they did it, or what they didn't do and why they didn't do it. Nothing. Nothing. And I did on the anniversary of my brother's murder, which was June 13th. It was also the day that uh, MP Gord Johns presented our petition in Parliament. I wrote a letter to Christian Freeland to remind her that we still 
were seeking information. We still had the right to know what happened to my brother. We still had the right to know what the government did and didn't do. I've not received a response, which is not surprising. I've not received a response from Christian Freeland. Um, and the only other uh, political um, person that I've spoken with was the, my MP, who is Pam Goldsmith-Jones, Pam Goldsmith-Jones I wrote to several times uh, when my brother was first kidnapped. At the time, Pam Goldsmith-Jones was the uh, legislative assistant to our foreign affairs minister, Stefan Dion, and I got no response from her or Stefan Dion throughout my brother's captivity. But I did hear from her shortly after the anniversary of my brother's murder. And in our conversation, what I took away from it, the one thing that Pam Goldsmith-Jones did say is, I agree with you, Bonice, your family does have a right to know what happened. So I'm going to hold her to that. It's atrocious. It, it really is. is atrocious. They can't even bother to reply. That they, don't, they don't even have the courtesy to reply to your Proper inquiries about what happened, what was going on. My brother is dead, has been dead for a year. Share with us, please, what was going on. Not even the courtesy of a reply, and it's horrendous. But Eason Gord, it's horrendous when, when I hear you say that the federal government put it on you, saying that, hey, if you talk, if you break the silence, and your brother is killed, it's on you. That's horrendous. Indeed. Indeed. Gord... Uh, we we know that governments pay attention to what is said on talk radio because they have departments that do nothing other than, than listen and monitor and transcribe. Assuming that someone is going to have a transcription sitting in front of them, somebody with a, a nice office and a major title, what would you say to them? <laughs> well, I... I know I know Bonice and her family have have a lot of questions they need answering, and I I I, I wonder why because I've I've written a fair number of letters to ministers and and you know and they come back sort of in uh, uh, boilerplate form from some other office that looks after looks after uh, public correspondence. Dear Mister Bibby, thank you so much for getting in touch. Next time we're in your community, we'll be sure to look you up. Yeah, well. Even if they said that, I'd be uh, I'd be relieved. But no, they don't say that. It's just that you know they they extend their condolences and and their sympathies, and and that's where it ends. And and I I'm just stymied by or I, I'm amazed at, at at how much they're they're trying to deflect and and how little attention they're giving this. It, it's like there really is a cover up of some some sort. And on the other side of the equation, Mr. Cotter, once we found out that, uh, that there was going to be a lawsuit. Uh, initiated by Tabitha Spear and by Lane Morris, who was on the air with us yesterday. Uh, once we, uh, once, once, once they found out there was going to be for sure there was going to be a lawsuit. It's amazing how quickly the money was transferred into Omar Carter's account, and and the check was cashed. It's amazing how quickly that happened. That's right. Three three weeks, and this has been going on for thirteen yeah. years. Gord, yeah. Hang on, uh, Benice Gord, stay with us. We'll take a break. We're going to come back and we'll talk some more with you about. Um, about the situation with, with with your cousin and your brother, respectively, and and uh, what was going on in your family's lives and in your lives as as you knew that he was uh, kidnapped and and being threatened at that point with death. And we'll open our phone lines in a little bit. Stay with us on the Roy Green Show.
Direct, hard hitting, no holds barred. The Rory Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. about this apology for me is that it's going to restore a little bit of, of my, my reputation here in Canada. It's, and maybe that would give people an opportunity, you know, to give me a chance and to think there might be more than what is just said in the media. All right, uh, there's Omar Cotter. And uh, talking about restoring a little bit of his reputation, I tweeted yesterday that uh, restoring his reputation is what we should all be terrified of. Here's an email that I received from, uh, from Afra. You're not Canadian. You're a scavenger who gets off on hate. Stop parading Omar around like he's some sort of terrorist who got away. Canada failed him, and now he is paying up. He earned every bit and more of that $10 million. I pray someone you love gets the same horrible treatment as Omar. Maybe then you'll understand. Well, thank you for the very kind sentiments. Uh, like I said, that was the, the only uh, email that I received that was in the negative. My number is 800-263-2428, 1-800-263-2428. I'm going to open the phone lines now to you. We're going to go to the calls shortly, uh, but you can get ready to express your thoughts and opinions as I spend a couple of minutes longer with Benice Thomas and Gord Vivi. But 800-263-2428, what do you want to say? What do you believe needs to be said, needs to be added, needs to be heard? as far as the $10.5 million being delivered to Omar Khadr is concerned. And Mr. Trudeau saying that, well, it's a charter issue. It's a charter situation. That's what it is. That's what, what was it more or less said, that that's what he deserves, the money. Benice Thomas, um, Robert Hall's sister, Gord Bibby, Robert Hall's cousin, on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Benice says those nine months were, those months were winding along on a day-to-day basis. I, I can't imagine how you would have felt at that time. Um, as, you, as you go through these days, as you've gone through the last week, day by day, hearing about the Cotter issue, being updated on what was going on, understanding that it was leaked, that the federal government wasn't, didn't have any intention of being honest, straightforward, and explaining to Canadians what was happening. How did that affect you? How much time have you got, Roy? <laughs> go ahead. Um... Well, I, I have a bit to say about this. So I'll start with, as a Canadian taxpayer, once again, I'm appalled with the slithering nature in which our government did this. Had it not been leaked, I mean, this is just my belief, but had it not been leaked, I wonder when we would have heard about all of this. So, again, lack of transparency, evasiveness by the Canadian government, of course, the PM's out of town and can't be reached. It's happening during uh, summer sessions, so, you know, there's no ability to question people. That's appalling to me. And as well, I'm very concerned that, that the lawyers working for the Canadian government agreed to a confidentiality clause that the Canadian taxpayers are shelling out for. We deserve to know how much, where it's going, why it's going, and and... We obviously need a few new lawyers if they agreed to a confidentiality clause. Well, we spoke yesterday with Scott Newark, who's a former Crown attorney, 
and former advisor on uh, security issues to the federal and Ontario governments. And Mr. Newark told us that if he had been in charge, that case, this case with Cotter, certainly would have gone to court because he's the one who sued Canada. Gord, uh, one final question for you. Just received an email, interesting question from one of our listeners, and that is, have you as a family ever considered suing the government over the manner in which they mistreated you? Well, let's, uh, as a matter of fact, we have, uh, Roy, and uh, and I think that's still uh, an option open to us. It's, uh, we should maybe uh, approach Mr. Cotter's lawyers. They seem to be quite successful with what uh, what they've tried to do. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? It really is sad. It is. It's an uh, awful, awful situation. I, I, I listened to you reading my, my cousin's letter, and I, it brought me to tears. It really did. It, it just uh, shows you how, how devastated the family has been over, uh, over this whole episode. You know, it brought, uh, just looking at emails, it brought so many listeners to tears. Just listening to, uh, to the words that was written by your family member. Mm-hmm. Benice, uh, obviously we're going to stay in touch. And, and uh, I know you're working hard for Canadians. You have the uh, petition that's gone to Ottawa. And we'll see what, what comes from that. And I certainly hope that you hear from Minister Freeland, or even better, from the Prime Minister of this country, who has a significant obligation to your family. Well, I, I hope I hear from them, Roy. I'm not, by any stretch of the imagination, holding my breath. But I just want to say, you know, to any of your listeners that are, you know, care about this, in regards to this payout and apology to Cotter, I'm of two, two minds, and I look at this in a little different aspect than maybe the average Canadian. I look at how this may relate to my brother's situation. On the one hand, if, if we believe that Cotter is a terrorist, uh, throughout my brother's captivity, our Prime Minister boasted and bellowed and bragged that he doesn't negotiate and he doesn't pay out terrorists. Well, you just negotiated and you just paid out a lot of money. If we believe that Cotter isn't a terrorist and that his rights as a Canadian citizen were violated, again, this relates to my brother because he sat in a sweltering jungle for nine months praying and knowing that Canada had his back. Canada didn't have his back. His rights under the Constitution were violated. And Peter McKay was questioned in the press conference the other day when the apology and the settlement was announced, and he was very directly questioned, does the Charter of Canadian Rights and Freedoms apply to Canadians on foreign soil? And Peter McKay said a couple of times, yes, Canadians on foreign soil are protected under the Constitution. My brother was betrayed and abandoned by the Canadian government under the Constitution. And arguably, and I think definitively, remains betrayed Indeed. and unprotected. Indeed. Benice, thank you. Gord, thank you. Thanks a lot, Roy. We'll talk again Thanks, soon. Thanks, Roy. Okay. Bye-bye. All the best to you. Let's go to your calls at 800-263-2428, 800-263-2428. I'm not even going to ask you a question. Just open the phone lines and hear what you have to say about the Cotter payout and the... Uh, the situation that we're all familiar with and have been talking about. Walter's in Alberta. Walter, thank you for the call, sir. Please go ahead. Uh, you know, Roy, it's, uh, 
Our former Prime Minister uh, Har- uh, Harper was uh, absolutely correct when he said that Trudeau is not ready to be Prime Minister. And, you know, this has been exhibited so clearly over uh, uh, the period of time that he's been in office. Uh, he will do anything to suck up to the G7 or to any other power and commit Canada, you know, to and its resources. Talk to me about the talk to us about the Cotter situation. How that impacts on you? You know, that is a disgusting one. In the initial two days when that event took place, the media reported that un, an unarmed medic was moving in to help Cotter because he was wounded, and you know that that was Christopher Spear. You know, that disappeared from the media's uh, 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 reporting of it. They called him a soldier, which implies that he's in there to shoot somebody or kill, whatever. But this was an unarmed medic, and and I think it's just terrible what has happened. Absolutely. Walter, thank you very much for the call. July 2002, Chris Spear, Tabitha Spear, still has had to raise little kids without her husband's presence. And nothing for the Spears, nothing for Lane Morris, $10.5 million for Omar Khadr, whose charter rights have to be protected, according to the prime minister of this country, who, by the way, as you may recall, also passed legislation or had legislation passed this year that rescinded the right to remove Canadian citizenship from a dual citizen who commits an act of terrorism in uh, this country, an act of terrorism or an act of treason. Mr. Trudeau kept saying a Canadian is a Canadian is a Canadian. I'm not sure what he means by that, but he just put a lie to his own statement. Terry in Calgary, thank you for the call. Please go ahead, Terry. Hi, Roy. Hi. As I listen to this stuff, I become more and more convinced that I don't belong in this country. I cannot believe some of the outrageous things that are coming out of our politicians in Ottawa. However, if there are more people like me, maybe they would like to move to the Republic of Western Canada, where we wouldn't tolerate stuff like this. My next comment is directed to our military, and particularly our J2F forces, those men. If you guys come across a wounded terrorist, and he may be nine, he may be 15... All right, Terry, I don't want you to go there. I I want to hear what you think about the payout and the government has taken place. I understand people are angry. I get that. And anger is legitimate... But let's not talk about if you happen to be a member of JTF2 and you come across a 9- or a 10-year-old. These are professional soldiers. They're among the very best in the world. They're not going to do anything that is outside the code of military behavior. That's just not going to happen. I get that you're upset. Let's keep the train on the rails. 800-263-2428 is the number. Omar Carter got the $10.5 million, and the Prime Minister says it has to do with the Charter. You say what? There was a lot of talk yesterday about this carrying on through 2019 and the federal election, and I questioned that. I said it's very seldom that in Canada any issue remains on the front burner for very long. I hope it remains on the front burner or has the opportunity to return to the front burner during the election campaign. But I have a sneaking feeling... I have a sneaking feeling. More of your calls at 800-263-2428 when we come back.